0: you're listening to The Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about The Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. Well, hi everyone. Uh, My name is John Clark and along with my wife, Joni, we have the amazing privilege of serving as senior pastors of The Whole Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining me today. And we're in a series looking at the book of Jonah. It's been an amazing journey. We've been looking at returning back to God, returning to the call of God upon our lives uh, and praying and leaning into God for revival in our church and in our community. And I'd love for you to turn uh, in your Bibles to chapter three today. And um, I've entitled today's talk, The God of Second Chances. And as I've been thinking about this talk this last week, uh, I really sense that Someone watching this really needs to hear this this week. Uh, the, the God that we return to, the God that we look to, is an incredible God of second chances. He's a He's an amazing God, full of patience. He's slow to anger. He's full of compassion and mercy. And so often we talk about, uh, as a church community, because this is really dear to us, about having compassion for our city and all the the amazing work that uh, our church community does in terms of serving the city with kindness. Uh, But you need to know that that God that we serve and the reason we do those things is that there's compassion and there's love and there's mercy and there's patience for you and for me. And so uh, particularly we're in this difficult season. It's really, really tough going at the moment in this pandemic with this third lockdown and all the various things that comes with that. And so I just want to really encourage you today. I, I really hope and pray that you you just sense and hear and experience and encounter just the beautiful compassion and mercy and patience of God for your own life and that you would be encouraged in that. So let's pick it up in chapter three and read um, a few verses. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very important city. A visit required three days. On the first day, Jonah started into the city. He proclaimed 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. The Ninevites believed God, they declared a fast and all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. Then he issued a proclamation in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows, God may yet relent with compassion turned from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction that he had threatened." Now, when we pick up the story in chapter three, uh, we find God in his grace commissioning Jonah for the second time, for the second time. In fact, if you just turn in your Bible, Uh, back a page, you will see in verse two of chapter one, it says this, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. This was the first instruction from God to Jonah. And then we see in chapter three, right there at the beginning, verse two, go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message that I give to you. Up until this time, Jonah has been running in resistance and he's tried everything to flee the Lord and his call on his life and so he's run away he's tried escapism he's been thrown overboard from the ship he's been swallowed uh, by a large fish it's been an extraordinary adventure an unbelievable journey and interestingly Jonah here is the only biblical prophet to have had his assignment given twice to him his assignment given twice to him and what I love here as we just pause at this moment is just the heart and the humility of God and how this is communicated. It reveals so much about God's character. Um, God just gives Jonah his assignment again. Have you noticed that? It's, it's like a mirror image of verse two of chapter one. It's like, here we go again, all this incredible journey you've had, but let me just give you the instruction. Let me just give you the the call again. Let me just give you the message exactly the same way. And um, there's no, okay, Jonah, look at the problems that we've had. There's no context, there's no background. There's no sense of like, let me remind you of the amazing moments of deliverance and and my prov- providential hand upon your life in, in the story here. Um, it, it, there's no sense of like, come on, Jonah, don't make me send some more storms or some more large fish to swallow you up. It's just, he repeats the instruction. He repeats the commission. In other words, God does not hold a grudge. You know, uh, so many people, and this is just, um, happens so often in humanity, is that people hold a grudge, hold uh, unforgiveness and, and harbor bitterness in, their lives against God and against other people. And here we see, and it's just so good for us to hear this, God does not hold a grudge. I I think if I put myself in God's shoes for a moment, and uh, is that I will be saying to Jonah, look, I gave you an instruction, you've completely messed it up. I've had to send storms and various circumstances and a large fish to swallow you up, so many things, Can you please understand that you need to do this? But of course, God doesn't do that. God is the God of the second chance. And I wonder what your internal chatter, as it were, your inner narrative tells you about the character of God. And I'm talking about in life in general, but particularly in this moment in a pandemic, is is that God is a God of love. And because of that, he keeps no record of wrongs. He, he doesn't give up. He, he cares about the work. He cares about the call. He cares about the instruction. He cares about Nineveh. But he also cares passionately about the worker. And you need to hear that today, that God, in the process of things, in the journey of your life, with all the circumstances, the good, the bad, and the ugly that's going on right now, is that God passionately and personally cares about you. He's for you, he's good, and he's not writing your present or your future based on your past. Now it's interesting that uh, God doesn't get the fish to uh, spew out Jonah back home, which again would be like the logical thing to do. Like, Jonah, you've made such a mess of this. I'm going to get the, the, the fish to spew you out back home and I'm just going to get someone else to do this. Someone who I know will just say, yes, I'll go and say these things to the Ninevites. But, but God doesn't do that. And, and here we see God's care and slow to anger nature and his incredible patience on display here. And I'm so glad about that. And particularly in this season, I'm learning so much about the patience of God is I'm in desperate need of the patience of God. And, and I love it how God doesn't keep reminding us of our shortcomings or where we took a wrong turn. Because again, in our human nature, that's exactly what we'd be doing. It'd be so easy even uh, just as a father to my kids to say, look, we're gonna go again, but in your repentance, let's remember this and remember that. And, and God just repeats the instruction. He's so committed to the worker. And we see this throughout Scripture with so many people. And I think about Peter. You know, that's just like the obvious go-to person when I, when I look at the New Testament uh, as a mirror to this story. Peter denied Christ three times. And yet he was lovingly restored and God used him to usher in Pentecost. And so in that, it's an understanding about the Christian faith, that it is a journey. That The Christian faith is a walk. It's about one foot in front of the other. It's left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. This is the process of what we call sanctification, the process of becoming like Jesus, which is our ultimate aim and goal in life. It's what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives, conforming us to the image of Christ. But we must understand that it is a journey There's a trajectory of discipleship. It's not about perfection. It's not about getting everything right, but it's understanding and learning and having a heart that's just saying, Lord, I I wanna do better. I wanna do what's right. I, I wanna learn from my past mistakes. And so he's so committed to the worker, but he's also, you see here, so committed to his word. He's so committed to his word. Um, in that he doesn't change or alter the instruction or the command. Have you noticed that? He he doesn't think, God doesn't think, oh, look what we've been through. I I, I probably just need to soften things or change how we're going to communicate this. No, God's word is God's word. And I think about God's word in our lives, and particularly in this season, that's why we as a church, we're tracking through the scriptures and we're encouraging people to read the Bible in one year, is We need to allow God's word to just be like almost like the waves of the sea crashing in and over us. Uh, I love to go to the East Coast and particularly in the summer where the North Sea is a little bit warmer, it's great to go in the North Sea. And um, if you ever stand in the sea and, and, and you'll notice the wave crashes over you and you're a bit unsteady then the wave comes again and knocks you over and then maybe the wave comes again and actually you're pulled under and God's word God's call God's instruction is like that in our lives at first it feels uncomfortable at first we we resist against it and this is the whole journey of repentance and returning to God is that we resist it we don't want to yield we don't want to say yes to God we 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 have excuses we think it's too difficult we want our way not God's way and as we allow God's word just to wash over us and crash over us, is that we begin to go under God's word. We begin to yield to um, His kingship and authority in our lives. And um, I, I think about you know when I talk to our youngest, Elsie, who's nearly three, and you know I may say to her, you know, "Pick up your coat, Elsie," and she's like, "No." <laughs> and so I just repeat the instruction. I don't go okay, do you know what? Let's not do a coat today. No, I say, pick up your coat, please. And I might have to keep on saying it. And eventually, and hopefully, the coat gets picked up. <laughs> and uh, it's because the resistance has been broken down. It's teaching her and training her to grow and, and, and to understand that mummy and daddy knows best and God knows best. We may think we don't need a coat, we're good. We're not gonna get cold out in the snow. Uh, I just wanna have fun, Uh, but we know what's best. And we have gotta trust that God knows best and that he doesn't change his word. He's true to his word. So God doesn't change the worker here and he doesn't change the word. And notice he doesn't lighten the load of this word of repentance. He keeps the man Jonah, but he also keeps the message of repentance. And so when I, when I think about that, I know that the circumstances haven't changed. Nineveh is still Nineveh. The call to go into a, a foreign land with all its inhumane demonic activities and preach repentance. But what has changed from chapter one to now chapter three is Jonah's heart. Jonah's heart is starting to turn and he's not there yet, and we'll see that in chapter four. There's still a lot of repentance and returning to happen in his heart. But it is starting to turn, and he's starting to walk in obedience. And, and, and God is after our hearts. Uh, you know, we may be going through really challenging circumstances right now, and difficulty, and pain, and struggle, and angst. But we need to know that in all of this, God is passionately pursuing our hearts. He wants our hearts and they that have ears, let them hear what the spirit is saying, that God is wanting his church to return. He's wanting his church back. He's wanting his children back. He's wanting his, our hearts. And, and friends, this is a reminder as we see here that we're never to dilute the message. We see it with culture constantly eroding the, the uh, truth of God's word. And um many many people including in in different churches will say oh you know God's God's finally caught up now with culture and, and things are changing and as we read in the Bible things are things are, are, are changing and, and altering um, as, as culture advances with understanding but of course that is not what we believe. Uh, we are passionate believers in God's word that God's truth stands the test of time, no matter what culture says, no matter what people try and do and say to dilute God's word, is that we as a vineyard, as a a church, as a community, as a family of churches all around the world, is that we're a gospel first people, is that we passionately believe that the gospel comes first and we're to never forget that. And so it's not God who has moved, but it's we who have moved hence why there's this emphasis and this sense by the Holy Spirit calling his church back to himself. Now in light of all this, I was thinking that Jonah, despite just hearing a repeat instruction from God, as clear as day, is actually Jonah had a choice again to run away. He could have gone through the process all over again and who knows what would have come next. But actually Jonah had a choice to make. God issues the same instruction, the same call, and the same tough message in the same difficult circumstances, and he could still run away. And it teaches us once again that whether we follow God or not, or return to God or not, it is down to our choice. Uh, uh, I've got the privilege this week of um, doing a Thought for the Day for the BBC, and I thought, what what message could I give those who would be listening? And uh, I've entitled it, that, you know, "The greatest power in all the world is the power to choose." the power to choose. We can't control so many things. we can't control the weather. We can't control whether it's snowing this week. We can't control the pandemic. We can't control getting older. There's so many things we can't control. but one thing we do have responsibility for, and that is the ability and the responsibility and the power to choose. And as I said at the beginning, your past choice isn't your last choice. We can start over and make better choices, wiser choices today. And what constantly amazes me is that when people, uh, followers of Jesus, have had tremendous encounters with God, tremendous experiences with God, may have seen healings and, and just supernatural things and yet still walk away from him. And that's because it comes down to you and your relationship with the Lord. It comes down to me and my relationship with the Lord. It comes down to making that choice that no matter what happens, how I feel, what the circumstances, I choose God. I've I've made a vow to God. I've covenanted with God. I choose him for the rest of my days. I'm always struck how Jesus fed the 5,000 and yet only 500 followed him after lunch and he had the 12 disciples, of course, but only three went further into the garden and one stood with him at the cross. You know, the closer you get to the cross, the smaller the crowd certainly becomes. Jude 1.20 says this, keep yourself in the most holy faith. You keep yourself in the most holy faith. We have a choice whether to return and to obey the call of God on our lives or to run away in resistance. No one will make you do those things. And so I think particularly in these difficult times, particularly in a pandemic, is we must have a self-starter button. We must have something within us that goes, you know what, again, this morning, I choose you, God. When I put my head on a pillow at night and close my eyes, God, I choose you again. You're the one who sustains me. You're the one who gives me life. You're the one who gives me breath. And so the core remains. And so often uh, friends, especially in a pandemic, uh, we want to remain strong and maintain and retain some kind of equilibrium if you like. But you know, God often calls us to places that are weak and vulnerable so that we cling to the cross where we're stripped of everything. And we're faced again with God and his call. And God gets up close and personal with us. And and, and despite the circumstances, despite the pain and the challenge and the tension, is allowing us to lean into weakness, uh, leaning into struggle and transparency and vulnerability that makes us completely dependent upon the Lord again. And so if you're struggling right now, I think that's, you need to hear that God is, 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 will be doing extensive, deep work in us. And we need to allow that sanctifying process as he makes us more like Jesus. It often gets worse before it gets better. And so God doesn't change the worker. He doesn't change the message. His word is his word, his instruction is his instruction. It's a tough message. And it's a tough message to Nineveh of repentance And uh, I really believe if we want to see a genuine move of the Holy Spirit, a genuine revival, where we see real conversions, as it were, in our midst, is that people must um, not just have an encounter, an experience of God, but they must come to a place of real repentance. Um, This is what they experienced. We see in verse 10 that God held back his wrath in mercy. He did that as the people repented. And and repentance is where there's a discomfort and there's a conviction of sin that leads to the comfort of conversion. As we so through contrition and conviction recognize our sin that we need a savior. And that is the beautiful message of the gospel and here in chapter three we see God's compassion and love for the city that he relents and does not destroy you see this journey of repentance from verse five where the Ninevites believe God convic- there's a conviction of truth they believe this message from God then there's a contrition of sin a godly sorrow there's a conviction of sin and then there's a commitment to leave sin Where they turn from their wicked ways this is what repentance looks like it's where we turn from our sin to our savior and so we need to have confidence today that as we return and turn back to god is that we're running to a god of the second chance a god who is slow to anger bounding in love full of compassion rich in patience our need for a savior must be real to us so God's word comes through Jonah where his mercy is on display and God's commitment to the work and to the worker. And God's word is embraced by Nineveh and God relents and his compassion and his mercy is extended here in the story. This is the God of the second chance. I'd love for you today just to hear and sense God's commitment to you personally, to the worker to you as a son and a daughter of the King, to his work, his gospel-saving work in our community. Now, knowing his nature, when you you think about God, what comes to mind? Knowing his true nature will cause us not to run away, but to run to him. And so uh, uh, let us give space for the Holy Spirit to... Convictors once again, space for that contrition and space to uh, leave our old ways behind us. And I just want to finish with this is that, as you see here, the call is the call and God's agenda, God's focus is very much on his compassion to this great city of Nineveh. And so one of the amazing things we get to do in a pandemic is we get to do an online alpha course and that's starting very, very soon. And uh, we, we felt like the Lord has been speaking to us of late of just the power of one. Is just, if, if we as a whole church can just invite one person to give a bit of time on an evening on Zoom to encounter the beautiful message of the gospel, to encounter Jesus Christ, uh, the, no matter what is going on, is that actually if we could just raise our heads away from the circumstances and, the, and the, the tension that we're in right now, and to focus once again on the call of God in our lives, which is all about mission. And next week, we're gonna be looking at how, uh, God's love for the city of Nineveh and God's great love for the city of Hull and beyond. And so I'd love for you to join me uh, next week, at uh, the next installment of this message. But in the meantime, start texting and making phone calls and, and going on Facebook and messaging people who, who God has impressed upon your heart, friends and family, neighbours, work colleagues, who I believe in, are certainly in a time of crisis, uh, looking for hope in our times. Thanks for listening today. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the whole Vineyard podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash connect and stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church. Go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon.